I've just about had enough of you. I'm more than machine. A man made out of kids. I am at your disposal with 187 other languages along with their various dialects and subtongues. Dialects and subtongues. Hello once again and welcome to another episode of 50 Years of Shit Robots with Matt and Stephen. Stephen Murray, I've got some breaking robot news for you. Oh. I don't know if you've seen this. But the the headline is, Croatian restaurant offers one-pot menu cooked by robotic chef. <laughs> hey, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> the, the restaurant is called Bots and Pots. Just wondering, which of the robots that we've in- investigated so far on this podcast would you least like to have prepare your food? I, I think it would be the grimacing robot. <laughs> The Phantom Creeps robot. The Phantom Creeps robot. <laughs> also, I, I mean, maybe Maria from Metropolis as well. She'd, I'm not, I, she'd just be flinging it, flinging it around the room, wouldn't she? She'd throw it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, this week we have landed on the film Robot Monster, which is uh, a film from 1953, which has been described as uh, the worst film ever made. Second. Second worst. What's the worst film ever made? Plan 9 from Outer Space. Okay. So <laughs> I would say from the off from the get-go, I think it is probably the worst film I've ever seen. It is. But didn't you at the end of it, yeah. didn't you have a little feeling? <laughs> <laughs> Mainly of relief. <laughs> oh no, I, I had a I had a little I had a little stirring. Did you? I did. What, and I don't, what did, and I, I don't know why. Don't know why. There's something about it that just sort of lingered. I think that it's the sort of film I can imagine, and, and there have been a few I think that we've seen that is much better watched with friends. Yeah, I think we would have had a. I think we would have just laughed ourselves yeah, stupid. I agree, and I think that it it, it felt a bit of a slog. It's only an hour. It's one hour and one minute, and it's yeah. the longest one hour and one minute of my life watching I did, that. I did start fast-forwarding a little bit. Same. So just to start with, the, the credit that, that sort of like made me stop immediately and do some Googling was music by Elmer Bernstein. Yes. I wondered... I'd never heard of them before, but I wondered if they were related to Leonard. And so I looked it up, and the answer is no. However, oh. they uh, Elmer Bernstein went on to get the Oscar in 1967 for the the score to Thoroughly Modern Millie, and the other works that he did, not like notable ones, were he did the um, the music for To Kill a Mockingbird, The Great Escape, True Grit, My Left Foot, Airplane, Ghostbusters. So he had an extraordinary career. So I mean, yeah. you sort of think, thank God, some good, some good came out of this film. He was stuck in a period where he was blacklisted because he was of, of his left wing politics, and this is going to come up in this film quite a bit. Is and it? He, well, <laughs> it is because the the Selena Royal, who plays the the grandmother, she ended her career in nineteen fifty one because she was branded a communist sympathizer. But this is nineteen fifty three. Oh yeah, it is. So some <laughs> dates here gone wrong. Well, unless this is the sort of this is the only thing she could get. This do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, everyone in the film. <laughs> They're all communist sympathisers, and this was all that was available to them. Um, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a very low-budget independent film, this, isn't it? 
Uh, amazingly, 20,000. 20,000, but it was the most lucrative movie of the day. It had a box office of more than 1 million and a budget of 20,000. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, they, they really did hit pay dirt with this, didn't they? Well, yeah, but unfortunately, poor T- Phil Tucker, the director, didn't see any of that. In fact, the producers said, we're not going to let him into the first screening unless he pays. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is extraordinary. So, for the, the very first scene of the film, and this was... This absolutely baffled me. I was so baffled. And it, and it only then made sense when I'd watched the whole film. This beginning bit only made sense once I'd seen the whole film. Really? Um, so, it's, so what happens is, is that we see a boy and his sister, Johnny and Carla. Uh, Johnny's sort of like got a, a spaceman helmet on and he's being all, playing all spacey and Carla wants to play house with him. Um, they're on a family picnic and they meet two uh, archaeologists and um, they have a little chat with the archaeologists. Then we see uh, Johnny and Carla's mum and aunt. Yes. And, and then they all go off and have a picnic. Oh, and then they have a sleep at the picnic, don't they? Yeah, they all amongst, fall asleep. amongst rubble. Amongst rubble. Yeah, it's the strangest <laughs> place to have a picnic. But they, they have a picnic. He, he wakes up. He's the only one who's awake. He goes back to the cave where the, uh, where the scientists were, where the archaeologists were. They're not there anymore. There's a, an electrical storm. He falls over and he's unconscious. And the electrical storm continues. And then we have... <laughs> then we have... I've just got this. The next sequence I've written as, as just a series of sentences. Okay, so, so you just imagine that... We've seen the mouth of a cave and a boy has fallen over and he's unconscious. And then all of a sudden, lizards, question mark. What has happened here? Dinosaurs, question mark. What has happened here? Bubbles, question mark. What has happened here? And then and then the boy wakes up, but he's not wearing the same clothes he was wearing before. And, no, then, a, and then a robot gorilla appears out of the mouth of the cave. Yes. The robot, Roman appears, yeah. and he is literally a gorilla suit from the neck down, and a, and a, and a helmet, is a, it looks like a diving helmet, yeah. with, a, with a vague face inside it. I, I just, yeah. Yeah. And we are six minutes into the film at this point, and, th- and, and it's, I didn't know what, what had happened, didn't know what was going on. Um, and then, then we get a bit of exposition from the robot gorilla, who, who using his, his uh, high-tech apparatus, which essentially looks like a reel-to-reel tape machine that has been stuck on a sideboard, he, um, he contacts his boss, um, who is called the great, the great One or the Great Guidance. The Great Guidance. Yeah, who ex- looks exactly the same as him. Yeah, that's because it is him. <laughs> the same, the same person. But so he chats to him on a TV screen, and so then we find out that the Romans have been scouring the planets to see if life is present. They found life on Earth, and they wanted to destroy humans with their cosmic ray, which comes out of their fingers. It comes out of their fingers. The humans thought the cosmic ray was being um, perpetrated by other humans. And so, so humans then waged war with one another. 
and using the H bomb. They specifically say the detonation, which led to the detonation of the H bomb. Now, to my mind, that means that they're saying that World War Two was the cosmic ray, and it, so so it wasn't perpetrated by Hitler and the Nazis, but by space robot gorillas. Is, is that is that is that right? Is that, we got, got we, that right? We can go with that because, <laughs> because, quite frankly, you can go with anything. You can, you can. Um, so all humans are, are basically been wiped out by this cosmic ray, apart from eight humans who, through a, a, a series of hilarious coincidences, are immune from the cosmic ray. So all that is fine. I'm sort of like I'm just about. I've just about got my head above the the water. Parapets. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite drowning. And then all of a sudden, the thing that just, what the hell is going on? And I had to then stop watching it and Google what the plot was. It's <laughs> where you basically see all of the people that we've seen so far, the scientists, the mum, the, the, you know, the aunt, the kids, are all back in the story, but are, are a family. Yeah. In some sort of compound with a little in, electric fancy thing. That's right. And they have, um, they're the they're part of the eight humans who've sort of yeah. ev- evaded the cosmic ray. And so you've got a situation where they are now all familiar with each other, having been strangers at the beginning. Yeah. And and so the, the, the story then unfolds that, that the that Roman wants to kill them and they yeah. don't want to be killed. And that's the sort of, that's what happens. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much weird stuff that happens in this film. Not least, as you say, the love the love interest between Alice and Roy, where they they're basically trying to evade Roman, who's this horrible sort of robot gorilla, and they end up they end up sort of like making out in 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 the in the in the desert. Yeah, they do. They they make out in the desert, and then later on they get married, and then they go off on their honeymoon for sex in the rubble. <laughs> that's that's the romance novel that's come out. There's sex in the rubble. <laughs> Where should we go on our honeymoon, darling? Let's go over to the rubble. <laughs> the rubble is over there. The reason why there's so many weird things happen that make no sense is because you realise at the end that it's a dream. Oh, wow, you've cut to the chase. I just had to. <laughs> <laughs> it's Johnny Johnny the boy who fell over and, and was unconscious. It, it's, it's his dream. It is happened. his dream. Yeah, But, but there, there's some very brutal things that happen in it. Yes. Roman, uh, to the, Clara, the little girl who, who runs to go and see him to try and stop everything from happening. So what are you doing alone, girl child? My dad won't let you hurt me, Roman. We'll see. Then he kills her. Yeah, struck by strangulation. <laughs> strangulation that just leaves her. Yeah, yeah. But we never John... see her die, do we? We just no. We, he he reports back to the great guidance that he's that he's killed her. Yeah, and he's delighted. <laughs> then Johnny has a go. Yeah, I think you're just a big bully picking on those smaller than you are, Roman. Now I will kill you. Yeah, and Roy he strangles Roy. He strangles Roy and throws him off a cliff. Yeah, and and also it felt like he was the 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 Roman, the robot gorilla, was a bit of a perv as well because he was obsessed with Alice, wasn't he? And he just he only <laughs> wanted to deal with Alice. Yeah, and he couldn't cope. His his circuitry or whatever's inside that thing couldn't cope with it. Are you going to read out the classic quote? 
No, go on, you, you do it. Roman, let's see if I can get through this, Roman. I cannot, yet I must. How do you calculate that? At what point on the graph do you must and cannot meet? Yet I must, but I cannot. Amazing. That's the first time I've heard that because I must have fast forwarded through that bit. <laughs> what's he What's he going on about in that bit? His feelings for for Alice. Is ah, that Alice? right. That's his feelings for Alice, and he he does that just while she's tied up next to him. Yeah, because it's never really explained that he's a robot, is it? Is it? <sighs> well, in the title of the film, Robot Monster. <laughs> yeah, no, very true. But I yeah. mean, he could have just been an alien. A sort yeah, of a, could. An, a, a, an organic thing, which would have m- maybe made a bit more sense. Because as you say, it's like he's supposed to be a robot, and yet part of part of the story is him sort of developing these these feelings. And in fact, doesn't the great guidance complain oh. that he's got free will? He's sort of developing free will, which yeah. goes against the Roman. You sound more human than a Roman. Yeah. So it's an odd one because, as you say, yeah. What what would he be made of? Why is he? Why has he got the body of a gorilla? And 20, he's got twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. it cost. <laughs> you so you. A... I had to I had to pull you away from trying to be a bit philosophical there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean the the look of the, the of the robot gorilla is is extraordinary. As you say, it's it's a gorilla suit. And then the tiniest, tiniest um, sort of um, one of those old-fashioned diving bell helmets on. The top I just of wanted head. to see a goldfish swim around in it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like and you don't. It's sort of that. It's all blurry inside, isn't it? So you don't never yeah. quite sure what what it is, what the thing is. On the poster, it's a skull inside. And right. In the movie, it's it's the actually with the actor's face, obviously, but with a bit of gauze over it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it looks. I suppose that that bit looks quite unsettling. I mean, the whole thing looks unsettling, to be honest. And he just walks around. Uh, yes, endless, endlessly, endlessly wandering, walking around. Yeah, endless wandering from. There from are two Roman. big stars in in the in this film. <laughs> Up there. Yeah, there are two big stars. One okay. is, um, hang on, is the billion bubble machine, which actually uh, gets a credit. Does it? Yeah, the N.A. Uh, Fisher Chemical pro- uh, Products has given prominent credits for the Billion Bubble Machine, which is used to connect with the uh, the great... What's his name? Guidance. The great Guidance. Yeah. And the other star in this film is the location, which is the Bronson Cave. What's the Bronson Cave? The Bronson Cave is that location where they are, yeah, but what, is why, is it, why should I know what the Bronson Cave is? Oh, well, really, you shouldn't. But uh, I'll I'll try and zip through just a fraction of the 107 films that were filmed there. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, the Vampire Bat, The Fountain Empire, Zorro Rides Again, Atom Man vs. Superman, Killers from Space, The Searchers, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Cyclops, The Brain from Planet Aros, Night of the Blood Beast, Earth vs. the Spiders, Monsters from the Green Hell, The Return of Dracula, Teenagers from Space, uh, They Saved Hitler's Brain, <laughs> Invasion from the Star Creatures, Batman, original series, that was the Batcave. Ah, brilliant. 
Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, Army of Darkness, Cabin Fever, Tremors 4, to name but a few. Wow. So uh, 37 TV shows to date have been filmed there as well. So the, Bronson, okay. the Bronson Cave is literally the star of the film. <laughs> it is a, it's a great cave, actually. Now you've said it that. Is, it's, yeah. it's, uh, if you had to draw a cave, that's the sort of thing you draw, wouldn't it? Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah, I do too. So did you know it was a dream? Uh, no, I didn't at all. But that kind of resolution... That kind of resolution made it okay because yes. it was actually like a fever dream. Yeah, it was. The things that I thought were really weird, the things that were really weird, the fact that there was, there's footage of lizards and, and dinosaurs. We kind of should have guessed because Roman was wearing the helmet, that, and a kind of a simulacrum of the helmet that he was wearing. Yeah, no, you're right. And because it didn't make any sense. I mean, really, and... a dream is the only thing that makes makes any sense of it, isn't it? Well, there's a similar film to this called uh, Invaders from Mars, which came out, I think, the next year, which is an identical kind of plot. Is it? But, but much, much, much better. <laughs> much better. About halfway through the film, we get more exposition from Roman about why... The ro- why they're th- why they're there and why they're doing this. So the Roman explains that they have come to Earth to, as in a sort of preemptive strike. They've realised that humans might one day be a threat to them, and so that they they kill killing all all the humans before they before humans have a chance to kill the Roman, Roman. And I felt in that in that sort of um, little exposition that maybe this is like a companion piece to the day the earth stood still. Oh God. <laughs> this is like your metal Mickey Thanos Jesus connection. Well, it's the similar plot, isn't it? I mean, it is two, a similar two, plot. Yeah. These two films are two years apart. The day the earth stood still and Robo monster. Yeah. And both are, have got at their heart this idea that humans are going to not just screw up the the earth but have the potential to sort of like be hostile in space as well and i and i wonder i mean again i suppose you can wonder all sorts of things but i do wonder whether this is still a sort of reaction to the second world war oh yeah i think definitely it will be this kind of idea that our technology is going to get us into deep deep water yeah and speaking of technology <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really interesting that so the, so obviously the the Roman Roman I don't know what I don't know how to pluralize that but anyway this this race of of gorilla robots um they they are they are superior in tech to us we know that right because they've wiped us out yeah and yet the 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 extent of their technology appears to be almost identical to the limits of our technology yeah, which is, I suppose, like a, it's a terrible. It's just a, such an unimaginative design prospect, isn't it? I think from the yeah. filmmakers' point of view, that they have got, they've <laughs> they've got, um, they've got us communicating with the robots via TV screens that have static and take a while to sort of warm up. The robot, the robot gorilla has has radio antennae on his helmet. So clearly that's the limit of their technology as well as the limit of our technology. And his communication device, honestly, 
if honestly, I'm not not joking. If if you haven't seen this film, but the communication device is in the mouth of the cave, and it is basically like a tape recorder, and it's on a table. It's a it? rickety table it's a, from a second-hand shop. It's a rickety. It's it's exactly it. So I think that was is my one of my big criticisms of this film is it's the lack of imagination, and I don't think that is all. I don't think that is down to budget because there have been some low-budget films that have come up with brilliant imaginative ways to get around that sort of stuff. I agree completely. So, so I don't, I'm not, I think that it is a lack of imagination by the filmmakers. So what do we think of um, the robot gorillas? What oh, do we think of Roman? It, it's absolutely, a, the actual robot. Yeah, you know, let's rate it. Oh, no, we can't do that, can we? Is it, I mean, we're saying it's shit, right? It's, yeah, it's utterly shit. And yeah. It's zero. Yeah, I mean less than. I think is this Mine, the worst, are we going into mine? <laughs> is this the worst robot we've ever, we've seen? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. But in popular culture, it appears in the Cars video. You might think Rocco's Modern Life, mm-hmm. Looney yeah. Tunes Back in Action, an episode of the Canned Film Festival, which we've uh, mentioned, in the 2010 animated film Mega Mind. Mystery Science Theatre, of course. Yeah. M- Milo Murphy's Law. And it made a million dollars. It was in 3D, which we've not mentioned. Yes. Which cost them four and a half thousand... Did it? ...dollars to, for the for the uh, camera. So did they, so they made it at the time 3D? Yeah. They, they shot it 3D. That makes more sense of that ending. So, so after you find out that it's a dream, uh, everyone sort of laughs and goes off, uh, exits frame. Um, and the, so the end shot is the mouth of the cave and the Roman coming out of the mouth of the cave and coming heading straight towards the camera. Of course, and the little lightning things coming out. Of, yeah, um... and may, maybe all of that, all of those, um, the lizards and the dinosaurs and all that. Maybe that would have been. That's maybe yeah. that's maybe that's what they're there for. They're just there because they, it, they just fall look great. Off the cliff, they roll towards you. Yeah, don't they? yeah. So actually, we're probably we're not obviously not watching it. In the correct way, are we? No, as the, I think when you went to the pictures to see this, and it was in three D, and it was particularly kind of good three D, and also uh, it's this, it's considered to be the first science fiction film with stereophonic sound. Okay, which would have made a kind of a difference. Yeah, um, Bernstein's soundtrack is not too bad either. Yeah. Agreed. It's considered to be his best of his early works. So, I think with that. Yeah, um, it may have been more tolerable. Yeah, I think so. And as well, it, like you're always telling me when I scoff at things, this film's nearly twenty years before the yeah, yeah. Um, the moon landings. Yeah, and so there's no context really, is there? It's all very well f- for us twenty twenty three ers to sneer at this, but if you'd have been watching it in nineteen fifty three, then maybe it would have been really jaw dropping and exciting. Oh, I think you're pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mildly exciting, Mildly <laughs> rather than the worst sixty-one minutes of my life. And, I, and I'm sure an awful lot of people who went to see it were all taking drugs, <laughs> <laughs> or should have been. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it is. A, it's one of the shittest robots. Yeah, it is. We've ever seen. So, a Devil Girl from Mars will be our next instalment of Fifty Years of Shit Robots. Looking forward to that. 
I have watched that film. Have many, you? Yes, many years ago. Will I like it? Is it the sort of film I like? Uh, yeah, you will because you love your little British films. You love your little cosy, <laughs> roboty alien women from Venus films. <laughs> well, that is something to look forward to. So until we see you once again, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>